0: Welcome to the Nordic Mythology Podcast. I'm Daniel Farrant, owner of the company Horns of Odin. And today, unfortunately, Matthias isn't with us. He had a snow emergency. Um, basically, I think a snowstorm hit him or where he's about to be he has to set off early. It's a whole kind of last minute thing. Unfortunately, I can't make it today. But I'm joined by the the awesome Benny Bratton. Um, everybody loved the last episode you did with us. So do you want to give a quick little overall view of who you are.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm Benny, as you said. I live in Norway, born and raised here. I've uh, been doing music most of my life and uh, for the last, what is it now, a bit more than 20 years I've been in this so-called Viking scene. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Uh, yeah, 15 years ago I gave birth to a baby called Folke Borta for and uh, this year we <laughs> released the second album (laughs) and then people go oh that takes a long time but uh, we've been doing music for a long time so uh, you know in the late 90s early 2000s it was incredibly important for me or very very important for me to release records and uh, Mm -hmm. now it's not the most important anymore
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i'm very happy you know, it's a pleasure to do this focusing with all its challenges and uh, gifts. Good. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm very happy for it. And I'm grateful that people want to listen to it and know about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. For anyone that, that hasn't listened to the first episode with you, I I suggest you, you pause this right now and go and listen to that one first. And then, because we, we, I mean, in that one, we speak quite heavily of Midgard's plot, and we go off on a bunch of different tangents because you are obviously the man who does or at least one of the the main practitioners of the ritual at Midgard's blood. So we spoke heavily about that and we didn't really get to the music too much. I think we had to cut it off as we just started getting to it. Uh, we promised to have you back on.
1: Yeah. Well, we managed to touch it briefly at the very end there. But...
0: Mm-hmm. but I no, think... I think... We um, when the conversation starts flowing, we we start going off off on tangents.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, I got a question before before this for the patreons actually. Uh, is it okay if we go deep today? And now I'm looking to see if somebody's responding on the chat. Uh, see? Yes. Yeah, Lee.
0: Lee says C. Yeah. Because he's a he knows how to rhyme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah! No, you mean. Jesus is hell yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, we can always go. We can always go deep. It's a lot of fun. I, I especially when it's when it's one on one as well. I think it's a different level as well. Obviously, the the three way conversations are amazing, but when it's one on one, especially when you start going to those kind of deeper corners, they really are, are enjoyable and and very vulnerable. I think. Um, but before we start that, I do want to just say, obviously you, you reference Patreon. Uh, I do want to give a, a shout out to that because anybody who, or most people who listen to this, if you do want to um, watch the show live, also join in in the chat that, that we kind of referenced throughout. And also we're adding a new bonus show where when we have a guest on, we're going to do the main show. After the main show, we're going to do a 30 minute Q&A that's going to be Patreon exclusive that will go onto Patreon. Um, you'll get the chance to kind of ask the ask the guests whatever questions you want, either through the live chat or you can pre-submit them. Um, they're going to go onto Patreon exclusive. So yeah, just have a, if you do get a chance, have a look over on Patreon. It's, I think the lowest tier is £4 a month. It's literally the price of buying me and Mateus a coffee and it does help us grow the show, particularly in the new year. We've got a lot of, New ideas to get everything back on track and tightened up and stick to schedules. We're really excited about what's coming. So this is the we're going to test it out with you, Benny. We're going to test the the new Q and A kind of bonus episode, which I think's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And I, I'm happily your guinea pig.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. You, I'm sure you are. I mean, I've, because Mateus isn't here, I decided today I'm going to drink red wine, uh, a Snoop Dogg red wine. May I add? <laughs> Hey, 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 Snoop Lion. <laughs> yeah, Snoop Lion. Oh, do you remember that? Oh, when, he yeah. went, when he went reggae and changed from Snoop Dogg to Snoop Lion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved that film. hmm Yeah, oh, I, forgo- I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, so I got a, a nice little red wine. Um, yeah, should we, should I, we start? I just,
1: can I say something uh, first about Matthias not being here? Mm-hmm. Because I wrote uh, to your Patreon people and those of you that watch this later, I wrote to Daniel and I said, so are you ready for uh, for later? And he said, oh, I was just going to text you and then uh, sent me a screenshot of a message from Matthias that uh, he's got these uh, snow issues and he can't be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think you went into this doubt and uh, I'm not yeah. good enough kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think because because me and Mateus have done this for so long together, and particular, you know, he is the the educational one. You know, he very much is the academic mind, and and just on the back of that, we've been me and Mateus have been talking kind of together, and we want to start taking the podcast back in that educational heavy avenue. We kind of I think we've wandered from that a little bit, and really getting that educational material in there. So I do get a little bit nervous when he's when he's not around
1: then I want to share a story if it's okay of course the first solo concert I ever played uh, with Origami Galactica my deep ambient thing that I've been doing since yeah 94 Uh, the first solo show I ever did was in Lille in France Mm -hmm. And the reason for this was that uh, me and a friend, we were touring in Europe and uh, a couple of people came to see us a couple of times on that tour. And they asked, uh, they they said they were organizing a tour a couple of months later and asked if we wanted to be a part of that tour. And we both said yes. And then when it was, I think it was two weeks left till this, till the second tour was starting. My buddy said, hey, Benny, I can't do it because I'm going to lose too much money not being at work. And then I thought, well I said I was going to be there so I'm going to be there mm-hmm. so I did my first solo show because of that and if yeah. I didn't if I didn't do that, I would not have toured uh, the states I would not have toured three times in Canada there's a whole lot of things I wouldn't do I would probably not be standing like I'm doing in uh, front of Volca either I guess mm-hmm. and it was you know it was just necessity I had mm-hmm. I had given my word and I didn't want yeah. to break it you know that's, no, it's, I just wanted to share that one
0: because sometimes you have to do the things that that take you out of your comfort zone Um I guess my worry is that I'm doing a disservice to the listeners or the or the patrons if taste isn't here and it's they they'll see me rock up on my own and be like oh just like that little disappointment <laughs> that's why here's my concern
1: yeah, I agree with Jimmy. No, yeah, I nothing I bad. Yes, hey, hey, Jimmy loves you.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, I obviously, you know, it's we are a team, and I do, i love doing this with Matej, but sometimes, you know, he's extremely busy, and, and sometimes things come up. And I do, I am a lot more comfortable doing them kind of one on one, especially with you. There wasn't really much hesitation because I know we. We have good conversations. I know you're a talker. We we very much do. But sometimes we get guests, and I'm not going to name any, but sometimes you get them and it's really hard to to pull conversation from them. And having Matthias there with that very kind of scholarly educational background, he's, he can so easily step in and, and put information and go off on one of his five-minute rants, and then we'll pick a drivers onto a new topic that keeps the conversation going. Yeah, but I, I think you know,
1: uh, evop everything works out perfectly. So
0: I just, I've got my, I've got my Snoop Dogg red wine. We're yeah, gonna yeah. be fine. Perfect. <laughs> We're gonna be just fine. Uh, <laughs> this is okay. not an advertisement for it. It is quite nice, though. Uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe
1: I should try it if we get it here. I don't know. I don't drink much, but
0: yeah, you should. Um, okay, let's start with. Yeah, Yeah. Because I got a question
1: uh, if I could look more into on the last uh, episode we did, we we spoke a little bit about this song uh, called Krokevisa the Crow crow song and Mm -hmm. I mentioned that it's known uh, or that uh, there are more than 100 different versions of the lyrics on more than uh, 70 different uh, melodies and uh, then I got a question if I could look a little bit more into that and then I Mm -hmm. thought yeah of course so I did and uh, that wasn't really much interesting to find out. Many people think this is a medieval song. Uh, but from what I could find out, the first written version of this one. And this is a song, as I said the last time, everybody in Norway knows it, because you sing it in, in school, or at least you used to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so everybody in Norway knows this song. But it's known in uh, all of Scandinavia and the uh, Faroe Islands, I think. Okay. Uh, and from what I could find out, the oldest written version of it is a Danish one from 1640,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: but then it's about a doe or a pigeon, but the okay. same story. And uh, yeah. there's also one version I've heard about that I haven't found where, uh, where it's a man and not a crow. But uh, the song starts with a guy, he's going out in the forest to catch wood, and then there's this enormously big crow there. So he's scared, and he turns the horse around, and he goes home, and then uh, his wife or whoever he was going to bring the wood till is making fun of him. But then they end up killing the crow, and they use everything uh, from the crow, the eyes, they make windows, the beak, they make a boat, and... uh, the feathers they make roofs for all the buildings and all this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. um, but apart from that, I couldn't really find anything very interesting about it. Uh, so I thought to, I think this the question was to get some kind of historical something in here. And then mm-hmm. I thought, when Folke started and Skwalder that we had before Folke. Uh, we were playing the markets, we still do, with the uh, Volke, uh, you mm-hmm. know, the Viking markets. And then yeah. uh, now we do some of our own songs sometimes. Uh, but that's a different setting than the Midgarstblut thing, you know, when we're doing concerts. I mean, this is street performance, basically, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. We're standing there unplugged, uh, no lights, no microphone, no, no nothing. And uh, I mean, you're there to entertain so we yeah. were doing whatever songs we managed to learn.
0: Uh, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that would be more scary. Just uh, stood kind of in a market without the, the microphone, without the stage, without all that kind of everything behind you. That must be more scary than having... I don't, I don't know.
1: You, nah, you, in, the, in the first, uh, especially with Spalding, it was really scary. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean you were standing there and you were like well I'm not a good drummer I cannot sing here I am with a drum and the voice uh, <laughs> And there are people in front of me oops you know that was that was really scary I remember yeah. one time in Iceland they wanted us to to walk, uh, walk around in Reykjavik and uh, make commercials for uh, for the market I <laughs> <And, laughs> all those called I think we were uh, the lineup we were them I, th- I think we were all so nervous, we, you know, we were struggling to walk. I remember oh, really? We walked into a street where there was nobody, and then the sound was loud, because you know, <laughs> there was nobody there. But yeah, yeah. But you learn from that kind of stuff, you know? Standing, of deep, Two of us were brought to some kind of a mall shopping center to hand out flyers for the market, and we were supposed to make music. You mm-hmm. think we felt cool? Oh, man. That yeah, was I'd... scary. Oh, that wow. was really scary man but um, you learn from it
0: of course, well I mean life's just one big learning journey isn't it yeah. um, all the experiences the scarers you know going back to what we said earlier just the first time I did this without Matthias I was petrified and then you you do it and you get through it and then you're like oh, wasn't that wasn't that bad I managed no. and then the next time it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier and I think that's just a lesson for everybody. Oh, yeah. um, okay, before we skip, skip too far away from the, the Crow song.
1: Yeah, that, that was the, the, the thing, because one of the challenges with doing so-called historical music yeah, mm-hmm. is, uh, first of all, do we know that this stuff is historical? Well, quite often we don't. And uh, a lot of people believe that uh, many things are very old, and it's not actually that old. Like the Krovik lyre that has been made very famous with Einar from Vardruna, mm-hmm. the lyre that he's using the most. A lot, yeah. of people, a lot of people want this to be a Viking instrument.
0: Of course, it's not.
1: Yeah. Most likely, it's from 1600 something,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is quite far after the Viking uh, Viking times. I would, absolutely. But that makes this instrument more interesting because they didn't make those kind of lyres anymore. And some, for some reason they did in Norway, or at least mm-hmm. this one. You know, so that sh- makes it more interesting, but it takes it away from the Viking setting. You know,
0: mm. um, but uh, I think that it's so tough with, with this genre of music because it does so quickly get labeled as viking music i think anything that has that sound is automatically labeled viking music but yet there doesn't seem to be any or anything that we know of music wise instrument wise to concretely say this is actually a quote-unquote viking song and
1: i know that's never said it none of us have ever said it Mm-hmm. with with Folke, with and but also is said the the direct opposite actually many times we've with, okay. we we do not claim to play Viking music but we don't use any material that they didn't have access to
0: mm-hmm. meaning so everything- what do you think so what do you think the reason is that everybody goes to that it's Viking music do you think it's because you all look a certain way or do you think it's because you all kind of for the most part, come from Scandinavia, or is it the sound, or, or maybe an accumulation of it all? It's or because you're playing Viking markings? <laughs> obviously, that one, yeah, obviously. Yeah.
1: Because also, I mean, those that have been booking us for markets through the years, they want Viking music, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, of course.
1: It comes also from that. But I'm thinking nowadays it's. Uh, sorry if I'm stepping on toes here, but I mean, it has turned into a big fashion, you know, mm-hmm. this whole well, thing, everything, uh, Viking is now, you know, it's hip. So yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm thinking that also. Now, now, there is also a lot of people knowing that, well, if we label it Viking, uh, mm-hmm. it'll
0: sell. You know? That's, you know, that's a, it's a very good point. And, you know, of course I know, better than better than most you know i have a i have a business that deals with this kind of stuff and of course there you know there is stuff that i actually had a comment on one of our adverts of the other day was um it was like a mead advert and it was like oh you know just put a viking label on some mead and it'll sell and obviously like i'm a bit like i get defensive you know it's we we work with a small meadery and he exclusively supplies to us and we just we made the labels for it because we're a, like a Nordic style brand, um, but then it got me thinking. It's kind of like it. It probably does. Like if particularly to to people wear advertising to, If we had, a, you know, like a, a Loki's mead, a Thors mead, whatever, versus just a plain mead, and it could be the same product in both, but but you know, one's got like the the fancy. Nordic mythology name and one's plain I bet 99% of people are buying the 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 Viking one yeah I bet and I bet I'd go as far to say you could have the same meat in both bottles the the Nordic kind of styled one could be two three pound more expensive than the other one and I still bet everybody goes for the for the one with the the cool name
1: yeah you're probably right about it so but uh, should we try to get back to the market business maybe for a little bit. Well
0: I just wanted to um before we go back to that, the yeah, yeah. you mentioned the 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 I'm not gonna try to pronounce the name. So the, I'm just gonna call it the crow song. Yeah, yeah. It had it had a hun- did you say it had a hundred different melodies. Uh,
1: um, what I, uh, yeah, I can go back to that because when I, I was reading about it yesterday, uh one place they I think they pushed it as far as 140 different texts or more than 100 melodies
0: so, uh, so how would you know that it's the same song is it the, the, the context of it
1: yeah i think it's, it's the theme and that it's uh, i mean the lyrics are more or less the same it's a mm-hmm. different dialect uh, Uh, slightly different stuff in the lyrics, but mainly, you know, the the theme of it is is the same. Mm -hmm. Uh, One interesting thing about it is that uh, even though it might be from, you know, the first written version that I managed to find out about, they say was from 1640, uh, but it was still a time when if you slaughtered an animal, you used the whole animal. And Mm -hmm. that they do in this song. And the last verse, I think it's the last verse. They're saying that um, if you don't manage to use the crow in this way, you don't deserve to catch the crow. Okay, yeah. So there's a strong moral in there, kind of, you know. If Mm -hmm. if if you kill an animal, you should use every part of it. You know, Mm -hmm. you shouldn't you shouldn't leave the nowadays when hunters go hunting, they leave the hide in the forest because it's too much work to Mm -hmm. to fix the hide. You know. So I, I've, yeah, to, I've, yeah. to, I've told the hunters on the hill that we live, you know, don't throw a hide without asking me. Don't throw the bones without asking me. So now I get text messages
0: every once in a while, or a picture. You know, do you want this? Yeah. Uh, of course. Like I, I, I believe wholeheartedly in that as well, and it feels like a, a very kind of almost a Native American mindset. That's the that kind of like we're very one with the earth and using everything. And I come across that a lot when people question me about the horns that we use. Um, it's it's, a, it's something that I've come up time and time again, because people are like, well, some people, first of all, are like, I can't believe you kill the cows for the horns, which is beyond ridiculous because the horns have no value compared to the, the, the meat. That, that, price. That's very woke, isn't it? Oh yeah. And then, Oh, I had somebody the other day asking if they were ivory. And I was like, look, if these are ivory, I, 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 you know how much ivory costs? First of all, it'd be highly illegal. And secondly, I think like a, a tusk is like 150,000 pounds. I'm like, you think I'd be selling these for like 30, 40 pounds. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Um, but the one thing I always go back to is, is this idea of the, you know, I'm not gonna. I can't stop the meat trade. The meat trade is, it it's its own entity. It, it's going. I you know, it's not. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. So for the most part, these horns end up either in landfill or incineration. They, you know, they the class is you know a, a waste product. So why not use it? If something yeah. uh, if something dies, you should use everything of it. There's a use for everything. And it's more respectful was, that way, I think, as well.
1: I think so too. I was arrested uh, a few years ago by uh, I call it uh, that's uh, cafe latte politically correct uh, person. Does that make oh, sense?
0: Oh, 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 sorry. All
1: right, yeah. Let's say it is your cappuccino politically correct person, meaning somebody oh. from the city who, okay. who knows everything about everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was. Oh, yeah,
0: I, somebody from the city who knows everything about hunting in the middle of nowhere, No, but they've, knows... never, but they've never been to the middle of nowhere, and doesn't yeah. understand the devastation that not hunting would have on the ecosystem.
1: That also, but uh, somebody who knows everything about moral, you know? Okay, uh, yeah. But, but I, I, I was arrested because I was using hides, yeah? And then I said, well, people eat these animals. Mm-hmm. And I was a vegetarian for more than 20 years. Now I'm not, but I was for more than 20 years, 22 years or something, I was a vegetarian. And I mm-hmm. was at this time. But I was saying, well, people eat these animals. So I'm thinking, I'm honoring them by using mm-hmm. the hides.
0: Absolutely. I mean,
1: this just didn't go in. It, it's, it just yeah. didn't go in. So in this person's mind, it was obviously better than to let the, the hide go to waste. I'm like, what Mm -hmm. what is this
0: hello wake up Uh, yeah it's a yeah it's 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 a very polarizing topic because i think as long as as long as you're not killing for the hide and you're not killing you know that that's a very different thing yeah um and i think nobody should most reasonable people would never support you know like fur farms and and that kind of thing but if if something you know if if a bear is killed, unfortunately sometimes bears have to be killed it's just a fact of life um and it's it's not maybe it's not the nicest thing, but it just has to be humans have had such an impact on our ecosystem now that we have a responsibility where we have to try and keep things in balance like that's now our we fucked this up so much that we have a responsibility to try and balance out everything else and sometimes you have to kill things like bears and wolves um so therefore, rather than just letting it rot, right, you can eat bear meat, you can eat wolf meat, and you can use the hide, and you can, you know, they can be used to keep you warm. So why not? Why yeah. just leave it in the forest because somebody might get a little bit upset about it?
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous, really.
0: It, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad we agree. It, it is, and hopefully hopefully it changes. It feels like we're, we're kind of getting less walk and coming back towards a a happy medium. Cause there are, you know, there are things that, that you can learn from a very kind of well, walk liberal kind of very left leaning thing. There are there are things, very much things that can be implemented and learned from that. But it's just when you go to extremes on any side, that's when issues really start to to show themselves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. I wrote some more notes about this playing the markets, but I'm kind of thinking maybe we should no,
0: just... No, no. Let's get back to the man. <laughs> No,
1: let's... I'm thinking maybe we should just skip it. Is it interesting, patrons?
0: No, no, let's get let's get back to the markets. Ah, okay, um, a, a little
1: bit. Then. I think we have more the, interesting things to speak about.
0: The, the, la- the last thing I wanted to ask about the, the crow song, you mentioned that there was one about a human. Yeah. So it, how does that one go? Because I, I haven't managed to find it. I oh, just really?
1: that it is. But it is exactly the same story. It's just that it's a man, not a crow.
0: So it would be killing a man and then
1: using... The bones and the skin and all this stuff. I, be, mm-hmm. I believe it is from the... I guess maybe you would call it county or something where I'm from, actually. Okay. Uh, so um, I, I might have it on some hard disk somewhere because a friend gave me like, you know... 10, 15 CDs from the state radio uh, to copy many years back, and I copied them. But uh, now I don't know where they are, and of course, I didn't manage to listen to all of them. But mm-hmm. um, I, I can try to find it because this guy that gave me those CDs, he he's a you know an encyclopedia. Yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely. You know,
1: he he knows the 65 verses of the songs by heart. You know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Many of these older songs, they have. 65 verses you know but he knows them wow. he's not like me I'm trying to learn you know I'm trying to learn the, enough to present the song or to give the story he knows the 65 verses the 69 verses he knows them mm-hmm. you know he can sing it all he doesn't yeah, yeah. necessarily sing incredibly good but I, I absolutely love it when he does it you know
0: it's just like, yeah there's wow, a bit. There's, man, there's, come on there's just something about it yeah and um, so when you're making historical music or like how do you find that how does that work? Like how because I assume there must be a balance of trying to be as accurate as to what you can find, and then do you do you try and then put your own spin on it to make it um you know like your own thing, or do you try and stay as close to whatever source material, I guess, we have. Uh,
1: I learned m- many years ago, I realized that most of us, we were uh, <clears throat> we were doing the same versions of, of the songs. And most of us, we were doing from um, a folk rock band from Norway from the 70s called Folk. Uh, with mm-hmm. a Q-U-E, Folk-U-E. Um, okay. They, they released...
0: <laughs> how, how very modern at the time, I bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they released...
1: I think two or three albums in the 70s and they were back for a little bit some years ago but mm-hmm. most of us we were using their version or um, a, another band called Kalenda Maya uh, they're also I mean they're really interesting one of the guys Svade Jensen he made all their instruments uh, the second album which is my favorite uh, is called Horse uh, Ballads or something like that and I think it's recorded in a church on these uh, medieval kind of instruments that uh, this guy from the band was making mm. uh, but all of us we were using from one of the, those two because that 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 was basically what we could get our hands on you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: now now it's easier but uh, we've been doing this for many years and and, yeah. and there wasn't anybody doing it you know it was just a few people so you didn't have all these uh, sources uh, uh, to choose from but I started mm-hmm. at, at, at some point I thought hmm, that must be it must be possible to to do a little bit more so I started uh, then I started googling and I went into this uh, we call it visa archive uh, in Norway you call these kind of songs you call them viser. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, and then I found for example, one song that I wrote here because I think it's a cool one to mention. It's Sinclair's beast, we call it, but it's uh, Sinclair's song. Uh it's about uh, hold on, I will get uh, my academic uh thing here. <laughs> so I have the dates right. Yeah, uh, I know you
0: have n- you have notes which impressed me.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have my I have my lyric uh lyric thing laying here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, here it here it is. Um because this one, it's uh, the first time it was released. Or, or the, the story is about this because it's about an actual battle uh, that was uh, in Utta in Norway, the 26th of August, 1612. So we know the date. You're not interested, mm-hmm. man,
2: huh? No, no. Re- <laughs> I,
0: no, you caught me out there. I was, looking at, I was looking at my phone. But I was actually looking at our conversation earlier. To make um, sure I stick to, stick to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but any, anyways, th- this one <laughs> is very
1: very interesting because uh, a lot of these historical things, mm-hmm. it's, um, they are catching one part of a, of a story, right? Uh, somebody mm-hmm. wrote it down at some point. This one, uh, the stories of this actual battle uh, was uh, collected by a priest in 1838 and written down. But we also have the military papers describing this battle. Uh, it's the Kalmar War. I don't know what to call that in English. Um, the, the Swedes hired an army of Scots mercenaries, Scottish mercenaries, to make trouble for Denmark-Norway. Okay. And uh, they, they came to Romsdalen, and they were uh, marching down this uh, valley called Gudbrandsdalen. And in Utta uh, there was a battle happening. Um, mm. And uh, in, in the song it's, it's very bloody, and these uh, Scotsmen they're horrible. Uh, I, mean, they're I mean killing, they're, they're, killing, un- un- unborn, yeah, yeah, they're killing unborn <laughs> children and uh, they're, they're laughing in the, in the face of the mourning widow and uh, you know, and at mm-hmm. the end, every one of them get, gets killed. But of course this wasn't true. First of all, it wasn't as many as the song uh, song says. It was way less people. We have uh, the military papers saying, I don't remember the exact no- number now, but saying how many they were. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that many. But it's a very yeah. interesting interesting battle. There's a famous person in Norway called Pillarguri or Prillarguri. Uh, she's often depicted with a big lure, which I I cannot say this with certainty, but I think that is wrong. Because as okay. far as I know, a Pillarhorn or a Prillarhorn means you have holes to play. Okay. So yeah. I'm guessing she would be playing a goat horn or, uh, uh, or a cow horn with mm-hmm. holes, but that is my guess. Yeah. So I might be mistaking. But anyways, the story says that uh, the Scotsmen, they were coming in, um, in on the water. Uh, yeah. here Roughly 600 people, Robert Kvavog is saying. That might be correct, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. The story in the song says more, but uh, anyways, the story says that they came in there and then they heard this uh, music coming from uh, up in the hillside somewhere, and they thought it was a music, amusing. So somebody on the Scots boat they, they started playing back, so they were kind of jamming. What they didn't okay. realize was she was standing up up there in the hillside side signaling to the to the farmers. Now they're coming.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: They didn't okay. know that, and the, and the farmers <laughs> they had prepared. You know, they they put up big uh, piles of logs and stones in this narrow valley where there was a river. And when mm-hmm. the Scotsman came there, of course, I boom, boom. So they, mean,
0: they, you, <laughs> what would they? Yeah, uh, the either the arrogance of thinking that somebody was playing music to them because they. That, they must have wondered what was going on. So it was either the arrogance of the, okay, they're played to us and they know what's happening, but it's like, we're going to be way too strong. It doesn't matter. We're going to play back. Or just the stupidity of thinking that somebody was just on the hill playing music to you.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe they thought he was a shepherd, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: I, I I don't know. I don't know if it's true either, but this is how what, what the story says, you know. I've even mm-hmm. seen the notes that they were supposed to play. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, I, but, I, but then in the, in the song, they say that uh, everybody was killed and uh, not a single soul were left alive to, to go home and blah, blah, which of course is a lie because uh, war tactics back then, then you always left some survivors to go and tell, don't go there. You know, yeah. Which was the case here as well. But uh, I think there is still a barn called the, the Scots Barn where they were captured, the survivors. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah so but, but this song is uh, i think it's an interesting one because we kn- we know both sides of the story we know the folk tale which is the song, and then you have the military papers, whether mm-hmm. they are true or not, I cannot say, but i mean they're a different source anyways of this song, which I think makes it interesting
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah i mean i, think it, I, think, I was just saying, i think it's interesting that the song is kind of. Inflated a little bit as well. It feels like maybe because obviously you have to look back at a time where we, you know, they don't have they don't have Netflix. You said before, like YouTube. You you, you sometimes get lost on YouTube for for hours. Yeah. Um, or we, you know, we all have our vices of whether it's social media or whatever that that we can just lose ourselves in. Whereas they just, you know, we're looking at a time where that didn't exist. So your form of entertainment for the for the most part probably was these songs um and you know somebody around the the fire or the hall playing these songs telling these stories and then there must be a or it must be very easy for the, for the storyteller to kind of enhance the story a little bit and add little bits here and there because we've all been there where we're telling we're telling a story to our friends and it's just like it could just be you and two other people and you're telling a story and you kind of just add little details here that may or may not be true, but you just, I, you know, you add a little thing here to a little je ne sais quoi, just, you know, just to to make it a little bit, a little bit of a better story. And that must be the case. Yeah, I, I, I think also it's,
1: it's it, yeah, but uh, yeah, that, but I think it's also about, you know, strengthening the moral of the people. You know, saying that uh, there was this enormous uh, troop of gruesome Scotsmen coming, and the poor mm-hmm. farmers from the valleys here, we managed to uh, to beat them. You know, they, they mm-hmm. came with their axes on the shoulders, and they wanted to speak to the Scotsmen. You know, yeah. and uh, and there, there are also some mythology things in there at the beginning of the song that uh, a mermaid came up from the water, telling Harry Sinclair that uh, Miss Sinclair that he shouldn't go here because if you go to Norway, you will never come back. Mm. Uh, another funny thing is that uh, Sinclair wasn't the leader of this. He was the first one to get shot.
0: Okay. So, But he got the song. <laughs> oh, you know? Yeah. So that's but, almost uh, like an extra fuck you of the, like, we warned you and now you're going to get it. You're yeah. going to be the one that gets it first. If, almost like a, a type of propaganda, I guess. Yeah, but to... but, but
1: I'm thinking it is. You know, I mean, these were poor farmers. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah,
0: yeah. It, what yeah, it does. It brings that morale up, and then if it's that kind of hoofing up of egos, where you're you're telling your your village or whatever, you're better than than them, and if somebody comes, don't be too worried because we we last time we we killed them all very easy, or you know whatever gods were on our side. Uh, you see it time and time again, whether it's in Scandinavian culture or, or any culture across the world where like the, the, if the gods are on your, your side, that's kind of what you want and you can take the victory. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, but anyways, back to, back to this song, uh, when we started doing it, we, we were doing the same version as, uh, I think we have this from Folk, I think most people had it from folk, because Kalendamaya didn't do it, but I think folk did. Uh, but anyways, then I thought, hmm. and then I was looking it up, and and, and it turns out that the, there were more verses that nobody was singing than there were verses that people were singing. So I thought, oh, there's a lot of the story that is not in here. You know, mm-hmm. they left they left out the part where uh, uh, the ravens had enough food which means there was a lot of killing, for example. And I was yeah. like, hey, you need to have that part in there.
2: Mm-hmm. So uh,
1: the last few times we've done it, you never heard that verse. I had to translate some of the verses from Danish-Norwegian because mm-hmm. I didn't find them in Norwegian. I even asked yeah. a Danish friend of mine, what does this mean? And, and he, he looked at it and he was like,
0: I don't know. You know, And yeah, he's yeah. Danish. Uh, I'm but, sh- uh, it's funny you said that because I'm sure sh- when Sean Parry was on, um, he was telling us about a a Welsh kind of Celtic st- song or story that was very similar. Had this idea of it was from the ravens perspective, and then being full from the from the day's battle and kind of having so much to eat, and obviously implying how many people died. Yeah,
1: there's a good a good image of it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, anyways, then back back to this song. Uh, when we did it in the beginning, we also did it, uh, you know, pretty to the degree that we can manage to do that with our voices, you know. <laughs> but, but then I thought, ah, this is this is not right, really. It's a, there's a lot of violence in this song, and uh, you know, it's not a pretty song. It's not a pretty story. It's quite gruesome, actually. So, mm-hmm. so the last few times we've done it, you know, I'm shouting my guts out on it. It's not pretty at all. Even at the market in Tönsberg some few years ago because Eldrim was also doing it uh, in a very beautiful version, you know. And then Mm -hmm. uh, on one of the gigs that Gustav and I was doing, we invited all of Eldrim in. So they played their version of the song first, you know, a beautiful ballad version of the song and then we totally, you know, slaughtered it after (laughs) with with a war beat and we just shouting you know everything I got. Mm-hmm. There is a video or, or kind of version with Espen on drums and Gustav and me. Uh, you can find it on uh, on YouTube. I hate it, but many people like it, <laughs> and yeah, it shows a little bit about what we do sometimes, I guess. But Yeah, but that's so an I, interesting aspect of this market thing. I think uh, where do we get the stories from? How do we present the stories? That's what we wanted to show, or I wanted to show when I asked Eldrim if they could come and do their version at, at our gig, you know? We both yeah. played the market, so they were there. I just asked them, hey, you want to come and do it? So um, just to show the different ways of telling the story also. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they did it in a very, very beautiful way with harmonies and lyres and whatnot, you know? And we came there with a, a drummer or two and me shouting. It wasn't pretty at all when we did it, you know? But But it's interesting to see how do we, where do we get the stories? How do we present the stories? And this, I think, is very important with this whole Viking fashion thing. You know, mm -hmm. where do we get it from and how do we present it?
0: Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting. It's fascinating that probably the, the two ways that the song's performed, the audience probably gets such a different feel from each one even though they're, they're very similar about the same topic the you get a completely probably different feel from each one just based on how you guys are performing it and putting it out there in the energy yeah
2: um, and,
1: i don't know patrons are you in there is it interesting what we're talking about
0: <laughs> usually, usually usually when the chat's quiet that means that they're very interested that's,
1: you that's, your <laughs> says you're
0: Thank that's you. usually that's usually what happens. Is if they if it's if it's quiet, then they're very interested and, and listening away. Um, yeah, it's that, definitely fascinating on just how how a performance and how you present something can have probably completely change the feel of a song. And and I think particularly maybe for for maybe a non-native speaker as well. So if you know if I was then you know I don't probably don't understand the words, and you get in a lot from the music and the melodies. Even though those two songs are very similar, they would probably hit me very, very differently because just by so. the. Mm-hmm.
1: I think so. Uh, I, I want to mention a couple of more songs, so these more traditional ones, uh, and tell you why I so- I sometimes like to do them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and uh, one of them is called Kjempene på Dovre Fjell, Meaning uh, the giants at uh, Doverefjell uh, It's also known as uh, Sangen om de forbudte kunster uh, The song about the forbidden arts And this, Arts uh, Arts, yeah oh, uh... Arts as in uh, A-R-T-S
0: Okay, yeah, arts Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sorry if I, I wasn't sure whether stopped. you said Ark.
1: No, is I was in, English isn't my first
0: no 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 it's, language, my, so. it's, it's my is my hearing huh? no so but, but I, just then, wanted, I just wanted to make sure I, I, I was I was right yeah, and
1: this is a this, this is a very interesting uh, song because some people have even uh, managed to uh, to link it up to different Norse gods okay um, it's a, it's a song about these giants and at this mountain called Dovre, uh, which is uh, when you go from the Oslo area to Trondheim, uh, you, you, you can cross uh, this Dovre fjell. It's a beautiful mountain. But uh, uh, they were brothers of Queen Ingeborg, and there are 12 of them, and they all had, the, and here comes the forbidden art, arts, <laughs> 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 because they they all all of them have special um, gifts or um, knowledge one of them can uh, steal the running re- water with his hand um mm. uh, one of them can uh, walk on the waves one of them can wa- walk under the earth um, the last one he was uh, the 12th one he is a very wise guy because he knows what's happening in uh, other countries and all this mm. Uh, and I will get to why I find this very interesting. First of all, that it's also known as the Song of the Forbidden Arts, yeah? Mm-hmm. That, that tells something about when it is from, yeah? Okay. This is after the political changes, as I like to call them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sounds very Christian, exactly. Well, that's, that's what I was thinking about. Did you say the last one was the 12th one? Yeah. And... Am I right in thinking there were 12 apostles? Am I right in that? Or was it 13? Yeah,
1: also that. Also that. Also that, There's... actually. In, in, the, think... in the inner core group, I can, I can speak about this for hours, but in the popular uh, understanding of Christian history, there were 12. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so also that. But um, um, to, to me, it tells me that this song, um, either it's, Changed during the christening of, of these parts of the world, or it came after, since it is known then as this uh, the, the forbidden part is in there. Uh, mm-hmm. The first time it was released, uh, and then it was as this uh, the song of the forbidden arts, uh, was in Peder Sieve's giant uh, songbook or the, uh, the song of the giants book from 1695 uh, and magic uh, was always uh, often this, uh, described as the work of the devil which yeah. of course is the propaganda of the new political regime. Uh,
0: <laughs> um, I love the way how you put that. <laughs> I think it's a pretty correct way. I think. It, it, it absolutely is. Um, I th- I, th- I also think it's probably just a, a quick little footnote i guess is that we 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 have to remember that any day where these were written down we we must assume that the song is, predates that by a, by a fair distance it's probably you know an oral tradition before it then becomes it's not written down in the first instance
1: no no the, from what i know the they they we know about uh, these giant songs or songs about giants from the 1300s sometime. So it might be from them. It's mm-hmm. also known uh, from Denmark and the Faroe Islands. And of course, the Faroe Islands, it's a dance song. Uh, but this song and another song that I like to do back to back with it is called Billemann, Billemann and Mangnil," mann and Mangnil, And this song is about uh, the hero, mann um, and uh, yeah, it's a long story uh, most people when they do it if you listen to the lyrics it doesn't mean anything absolutely nothing okay. when, when you read the full lyrics and you take more of it in, you get the story and in the beginning Willemann and Magnil Mung- his girlfriend they're playing some kind of a board game and she's crying and, and he's asking why she's crying and she's crying because both her sisters they were taken by Nuckin. Uh, the creature in the in in the river, uh, and of course she was sad about that. And then uh, Willemann, is a real hero, so he's, yeah, I think the bridge fell down or something, and they got caught by this creature in the in, in the in the river.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, Willemann, the hero. He's uh, going to build a new bridge and he's bringing all his men and they're going to bring Mang Nil safely across. But of course, when she's mid the, on the bridge, her uh, horse falls and she falls into the river as well. Oh, and then
0: how embarrassing!
1: Yeah, he, yeah, yeah.
0: he, he, <laughs> but, he said but, he tried to build the best bridge
1: and, yeah, and, failed. and, and the horse fell, you know. But, but anyways, then he, he brings out his, uh, his uh, harp, the liar. And he plays, and he gets them all back. So he wins over the forces of nature. This, Mm -hmm. if you like, mythological creature, or this creature living in the river. Uh, He wins. And to me, that's the reason I like to use these songs at the same time. If I do them, I don't do them much anymore. But it's because this is clearly a song that is before the political changes. Yeah. You know, when you have Mm. the mythology and uh, all this. So uh, No, opposite actually. The giants are of course before and uh, this one is after when the man is winning over nature. But uh, mm-hmm. anyways, they have the different uh, they have a different kind of uh, angle to it which I find very fascinating.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Th- does um, it make sense what I'm saying? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does. It so when you're doing like I say I, again historical music or as close as you can is it is it more a case of rather than trying to find maybe a specific historical song that you can follow no note by note if they even exist like go no by no, follow the lyrics and just recreate it or is it a case of that you you're looking for stories from the past that you can then build your own kind of melody and tune around it and, and and take that story and weave that into a song and it become its own thing?
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm mostly using the melodies that are there. I cannot sing them in the old folk way because I don't manage the tonality of it. I grew up after the Beatles, as I use as my excuse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my melodies are much simpler then, uh, uh-huh. when you, especially where I'm living now in Delmark, I mean, when you listen to the tonality of the folk songs from here, I I cannot do it.
2: Okay, you know,
1: it's totally alien to people that grew up after the Beatles. You know, because the tonality for us, it's it's much simpler. You know, it's much easier than modern melodies than the old melodies. They have some jumps in there that. I don't even try,
0: you know. Really? I'm,
1: yeah, yeah, I'm just saying I grew up after the Beatles, which is the truth. You know? <laughs> so
0: that's... Yeah. That's yeah. No. So it's, is there... I guess, I guess from, I guess, stuck in his modern perspective, is there, like, sheet music that you can just follow... Like, so how, how do you construct the melodies? How do we get, like, is it written down in the same way and, leg, you know, legible to somebody who understands music today? Like, yeah, how yeah. does that work? Now, all of
1: these you can find modern, uh, modern notes for, because they're all fairly new, the writings of them, you know.
0: So uh, how how is that? Do we know how that's constructed? Is it, is it just somebody who studies it then... Kind of puts into modern music, or is it again passed down through time?
1: I think this crow song again, and Krokevisa, uh, They have names, so I don't remember now. I should have written this down, but uh, as I told you, we'll get into that later. I've been feeling a bit weird lately, so I've been a little bit all over the place. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought, oh, I need to write this down, and of course, I forgot because then they know who who made this version that most of us know. They know who made Mm -hmm. it, and they know who she got it from. Okay. So here they have at least a couple of sources of where the popular version of the song, Mm -hmm. the most popular version of the song here in Norway, at least, came from. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think first they they wonder, and then somebody... You know, in in Germany, you have the Grimm brothers. In Norway, you have uh, Asbjørnsen and Mu. And they were collecting fairy tales and stories and also uh, words and expressions. You know, they were a part of uh, constructing this uh, neo-Norwegian language. In Norway, we had two written languages and none of them are really written or spoken languages. People have learned them. But the Bokmål, which is the state language, is uh, mm. a deviation. Is that what you call it from the Danish Norwegian? Yes. Or it's, mm. uh, yeah. A version of the Danish Norwegian, and then, as far as I've understood it, this Neo Norwegian was kind of a kind of a protest, or to keep the Norwegian ness in the Norwegian language. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who was that is a question we should look at can you see that who was that Norwegian who, that,
0: yeah so was, who was the Norwegian that col- uh, collected the folk tales us Bjornsson and
1: <laughs> I can uh, do I have something to write with here I can write it down and show on the screen maybe but, uh, uh,
0: no we'll, we'll put it in the we'll put it in the show notes yeah,
1: yeah Alyssa Nielsen brought it yeah thank oh, you
0: there you go so you Thank go. you,
1: patrons. It's good that you're
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> but but, uh, um,
1: but all, all of these things, I think, are interesting when, when you're, and I think this comes into whatever kind of, uh, of uh, what, do, what do you call it? I, I don't like the word reenactment. But you know, when, when we're sharing parts of history, whether you do music or uh, you do this or you do that, I think all these, Things that we have spoken about now, to me at least, they're interesting. Where do we get it from? How do we present it? Uh, how much truth might be in there? You know, mm-hmm. here comes that Sinclair song again. as an interesting one where we have both the official papers and the, the folk story from the people of the valleys where this was happening. I think this is a very interesting part about this, you know. How, how, how do we put it forth? Know it's the same with this Vikings series, you know. Yeah. A lot of people were protesting that it's not historically correct. Uh, and that is true. But there are also direct references to written sources. I remember mm. I, f- I fell off after yeah, I lost the two last seasons or something of it. I yeah, was, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: No, it wasn't. I, I liked it when we were following Ragnar and uh, Lagarta.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah.
1: I, I, I like agree. That. But... um but the, the, there are direct references to Ibn Fadlan, for example, this mm. Arab guy that was writing contemporary, uh, contemporarily about it. Uh, mm. And the guy who made a series said, well, you know, I have so-and-so many million uh, viewers, so I don't care about a few nerds criticizing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but uh, to me, that's an interesting part about this whole thing.
0: Yes, it, it is. It's fascinating because you – and I was going to ask you, you this anyway about how how important is it for you to keep as accurate as possible and stick to, like you said, the, the truth. And again, that's a very loose term, the truth, because it's, it's it's by what source you can check and different sources will have different truths. So again, it's not as – it's not a finite thing that you can say, this is exactly what it is. Um, So again, like how important is it for you to stick to that in your music? But then I think there's an interesting conversation to be had about with, with the Vikings TV show about the, the payoff of putting these things in there, but then also making it an entertainment show. That's going to draw in millions of viewers and bring them into this, this culture and into this kind of, Area that they may then find bands like yourself and follow other bands and and hopefully come to companies like me and you know come in and get involved in it from TV shows because for the most part if it's a hundred percent accurate it's particularly when you're portraying like the lives of Vikings it's going to be ninety percent fucking farming
1: yeah exactly but uh, I'm thinking one thing I learned and that took us a few years actually. Um, and I've seen it uh, I think a very good example of that is uh, the warriors at these Viking markets yeah because I've I've seen a lot of fighting shows over the years and uh, I've kind of lost interest because I've seen so many of them Okay, but but, uh, some of the and it's like we used to do in the day uh, back in the day basically because we were shy we were nervous you know so we did it Mm -hmm. for ourselves more than for the audience. But then I realized that it doesn't mean anything unless we are entertaining. Yeah. People want bread and circus. That's why they bring their family to the market. You know, they want to mm-hmm. be entertained. And I've seen really good warriors making hilarious shows, you know, the, the best mm-hmm. groups that there are in the in the, Viking world, uh, the fighting world, the Jungs Vikings and these, you know, and and I've been rolling around on the grass in laughter because it's totally hilarious. But at the same time, they're good fighters. They're showing the techniques and the weapons and all this stuff, but it's entertaining.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you can that, see another group. And, and that's it has group. to be. Yeah. And, and then you see another fighting group and they don't make sound. They don't uh, fall uh, in a, you know, extravagant way when they get killed or something like that, and it very easily gets boring
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we need yeah. to remember that we are entertainers that's what we that's, are
0: that's it it's, you have to find this this balance because it's you can you could do everything 100 percent accurate, and then you may have an audience of five people, the real hardcore extremists that want this. Yeah. there, you know, there are there is definitely an audience there for people who want like a percent accurate, but it's much smaller, it's much more niche. And you can you can cater to them, but you're really? only gonna have those people who are already interested. But if you put a little bit of pizzazz on it, a little bit of jazz hands, and <laughs> send in a little bit more entertaining, you can still put little nuggets of historical accuracy in there, but you're gonna hit a much wider audience and bring so many more people into this, and and your audience might be 500 people rather than five, and it's like, and which then, one's more
1: important? On? Yeah, the, the, then you get bread on the table, you know. Well, the, the, that,
0: that's the most important thing,
1: you know. And also by reaching those 500, maybe maybe some of those people uh, then get. Uh, genuinely interested and they go home and they search for more and then they exactly. look for the books and the academic stuff and whatever sources there are.
0: They find the Nordic mythology podcast. For example.
2: You know?
1: <laughs> and, and then I'm thinking, well, okay, so then maybe we were, by doing it entertaining, maybe we are spreading more uh, accurate historic knowledge mm-hmm. that way than by doing it only for the five people that are in the first place interested.
0: You know? Yeah. So yeah, I think I think there's there's um a hundred percent argument to be made and one that I would agree with. Because like you say, if you had if you if you make it a little bit more entertaining, you get an audience of five hundred people, but then ten percent of those do further reading, then you still got fifty people who but- Deeper involved. That's much better than the five people who were already in it. And and I think it's I think it's worth it. I find it frustrating when people complain about um, popular culture. You know, that like you get games like you know the new God of War Ragnarok game, um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. They like, yeah, they're never going to be a hundred percent accurate. But if if they're still taking steps to to as long as it's not disrespectful to the point where it's kind of like we've done no research we've done no interest and it's it's this caricature caricature portrayal of of the culture then then as long as they are taking steps to be somewhat accurate and entertaining then then have I it. bring yeah. people the more it brings more people in that's that's my opinion anyway
1: that's mine as well and there we reach... That's another point that I would like to speak about before we get lost and end up speaking only about these four songs. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> because I'm thinking the potential. We were touching that on the, on the last uh, podcast as, as well. Uh, the potential in, in this whole fashion thing. Sorry mm-hmm. for using that, but that's what it is. It is. So, But the potential it in it is that... Hopefully, and I know this is true. Some people are going are through this. They're going to get a deeper connection to Mother Earth, the multiverse, themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, to go deeper inside themselves. And I think this is very important. Now we are living in a in a world that is happening. Everything is very fast. Uh, a lot of the values are very uh, uh, they're shallow you know it's surface stuff it's uh, how you look and uh, this and that you know there there is a very little there is very little of it that that is real in any way mm-hmm. you know and i'm yeah. i'm i'm thinking this is the potential in this you know mm-hmm. that, and i know it's happening through the Blut ceremony for example at midgosh Blut that we spoke about a lot the last time you know, it, it brings a lot of people closer to themselves. Mm-hmm. And that I, I think, for me, that's what it's about.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you
1: absolutely. Know, that, that's why I'm doing this. That is why Gustav and I was working so closely together for so many years. Uh, Gustav Holberg, that was my main uh, you know working partner for many, many years. Uh, we've always done it because we know it works.
2: hmm
0: you know, yeah,
1: the music and you is, the, have to, is the tool,
0: you know. You have to, to go along with times as well. You have to be, be able to adapt and change because you, you can't, you're never going to change the way that modern culture goes, the direction it goes in. So, you have to find your way to adapt and fit into that to survive. Otherwise, you get forgetting and then you go no audience and you've got no bread for the table. So you have to kind of I think you said before like how you were very new to social media or it wasn't something you used very often. But it's it's a tool that's there that you can now you have to use and to grow particular musicians, it's for all these evils it's not going anywhere. So you have to adapt and use it to then progress. And, and then once you've got a platform, you can point it in whatever da- direction you kind of want to. Yeah.
1: So I'm not uh, very good at that. You know? I didn't post anything during the recording of the new album because I thought there's a saying in Norwegian, du uh, skal ikke før er skutt. That means you're not, uh, you shouldn't sell the hide before the bear is shot. You know, I, yeah. I didn't want I didn't want to post videos before it was done. Mm-hmm. You know, so I didn't post anything for the three years plus it took me to to make this. You know, <laughs> I didn't post anything, uh, which is, I guess, commercially not a very smart move. But then again, I had something to present when I came out with it. You know,
0: mm-hmm. and, uh, I you know one thing I love is the differences in sayings that like from 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 different countries to different like cultures like the sayings that you have the that i think we spoke i we spoke about this on the podcast before with uh Amelia lawrence and how like you said you know you can't have the hide before the bear is shot and for, for as a british person i was, is don't count your eggs before they've hatched yeah or don't count your chickens before they've hatched like that's and it, I, I find it so fascinating, these different phrases that you get like, geographically and culturally. They're, they really are so fascinating to me.
2: Yeah,
1: but I, I think there's a lot of truth to it, too. I've been doing, as I said, music for many, many years, and I've been a part of a whole lot of projects that we spoke about before we did them, and they never happened, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. You've got to, you've got to um, back up what you say. Again with the with the coconut bikini, yeah. You know that, that I've said it, and it is coming. I know it's been put off a long time, but uh, I think I said next episode. I've, I've got it; it's ready to go. It's just one of those things that, but but you know, you've got to if you say something, you have to do it, and you know, life gets in the way sometimes; it's delayed, but you've got to do what you say. Um, so. But equally, I think there's probably something to be said about putting things into the universe. Then sometimes makes you have to do them. On the flip side, of it, on the flip side of that, maybe if you if you post it, then you're kind of like I'm now accountable for that.
1: Yeah, you know, in a way. Hey, Patreons and whoever is watching this later, if we we were going to speak about the new album and I would love to do that. But, uh, Let's do it. No, no, I want to pick up on what you were saying there. So if we don't get there, can at least some of you, can you either buy the album and read the lyrics and see what it's about? No, no, go, we we'll go, go on Bandcamp and on Bandcamp you get the lyrics in four different uh, la- languages. Uh, uh, <laughs> <We're, no. laughs> in, in case we don't get there. Because were, we're talking about life getting in the way.
0: And we're I, getting there. Yeah, yeah probably, but... I've got nowhere to be we're getting there okay <laughs> I hope you're patient
1: also patrons down there because I think this yeah. is more this is more important to talk about this life gets in the way that's more important than me talking about the record you know mm-hmm. especially now uh, yeah. this time but of the year
0: let, huh? do you want to put a do you want to put a pin in this and let's talk about the record and come back to this and we'll finish on
1: no we'll talk about this and then we we'll see if we get to the record yeah
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Patrons, yeah, patrons, do you agree? I'm sure. <laughs> let's let let's do it that way. We'll 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 talk about this and then we'll uh,
1: yeah we'll circle agree. back. Because I'm I'm thinking, especially this time of the year, uh, okay. in the northern hemisphere, uh, mm-hmm. it's dark. Yeah. Which yeah. means go in. You cannot run away from yourself by running out in the field or. Uh, uh, you know, go for a long swim. Okay, you can do ice bathing, which is great. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know, there 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 are certain restrictions, which are kind of forcing us and giving us the gift also of the opportunity of going further in. Yeah, which I think mm-hmm. is very very important. But this time of the year is for many people very very hard. You know, mm-hmm. many people are struggling, whether they. Uh, the celebration is Yule or Christmas or simple consumerism or whatever people celebrate at this time of the year. There's a lot of expectations and everywhere you look, you know, they promote this happiness. Everybody is happy. Everybody is happy. Everything is happiness, 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 happiness. happiness, You know. feel like
0: you have to, you have to, uh, again, it's a, a British saying, like keeping up with the Joneses. It's like you, yeah. you feel like you've got to keep up with, with everyone else. Everyone else is happy. You have to, to be there also, even if, even if you're not. And sometimes you're not. And how does that make you feel
1: then? Especially now when everything is about the happiness and you don't mm-hmm. feel it. It's going to make you feel even worse mm-hmm. because you're looking around you and everybody is so incredibly happy. There might not be it, but that's what you see on the social media, in all the commercials, on the TV programs. Everybody's happy,
0: and you're not. Well, that again, I think we've we've discussed that on here a few times about how on social media, te- you. Uh, it's been. I think it's probably been a while since we've we've mentioned this, and it's a point that that never never gets old or never dies. That you you can't take what you see on social media. As the be all and end all and the truth, because people only ever post their good moments. It's very rare that you find an account that's that's balanced in good and bad. Most people they're only posting the best times in their lives, the times that they're happy, the times they're out having fun, they're enjoying. It. And even then, those posts in some way tend to be manipulated. The angle is good. They've had this. the 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 caption that goes with it's inflated. So, it's all this kind of very rose tinted vision of what their life is or what their day was or what their event was. So, you have to be very careful of looking at that and taking that and then comparing it to your life because you're comparing apples and oranges.
1: Yeah. And when you look at the smiles, they're not real. You know, look in the Mm. eyes of all these happy faces, you know, and you see they're not even there, Mm you know. Which makes it even worse when yeah. when you wake up and you don't feel good, you know. Mm-hmm. I had the, um, and this is why I asked the patrons and stuff if we, if we can go deep. I had a message a little while ago, Um a colleague, a colleague of mine from uh, I do stagehand work and uh, and stuff, you know, uh, or maybe you don't know, but now you know, uh, and a colleague of mine. Uh, she decided to uh, to leave,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Young person, very nice. And uh, when I got the message, my first thought was, uh, I mean, we didn't know each other that well, but we always had a you know good connection uh, when we worked together. It was always nice. And uh, but I thought sometimes I was looking at her and I thought, ah, oh, you're angry. There is so much anger in your eyes, and then I realized when I got the message that she had decided to leave. You know, I realized that well, okay, there was probably anger there, but there was also a whole lot of frustration and sadness and desperation, and she was fighting demons that most of us didn't know. Mm-hmm. You, you know, can, and and, you, and you, she ended up leaving by her own hands. You know,
0: you can you can't tell what anybody's thinking just by by looking at them. I, I mean you know if if we're going deep we're going deep. It's no it's no surprise to anybody that listens to this show that I'd lost somebody in the same way. Um somebody that I spent a big portion of my life with. Um you know she she made the same decision and you have to respect their choice. Um and it's always a, a tough thing. A tough you know it's a tough thing to to kind of understand and get your head around but outwardly this person was always very happy cheerful and put on this perfect mask that nobody other than probably me would ever know that there were these demons behind and that they were lurking there and they were kind of like pulling on these strings daily and uh causing you know causing these issues So you can never judge somebody just by looking at how they are in public, as to what goes on beneath the surface. And I think it's you mentioned before how important it is that we are kind. I think it was before the show you mentioned, like just how important is we are kind to each other, Um, and just take moments to to maybe just ask how people are because you don't know, you really don't know how people are beneath the surface. But not only asking. You know,
1: do we listen when we ask? You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've felt shitty, you know, uh, to say it blunt, but, you know, I've been struggling. Uh, and I know several times I met people on the street. I used to live in Oslo for many years, and I was walking down the street, and I was... Maybe, maybe I wasn't feeling that well. And I met somebody, and they asked, How are you? And if you open your mouth, and you're about to say... Well, actually, oh, shit, I have to catch the tram. Mm. You know, it's just a saying. Are we asking because we want to know? You know, am I saying, Daniel, how are you? Because mm. I'm genuinely interested in your well-being and how you're doing. Or am I asking really? just because I've, I've been told to say it? You know?
0: We're, we're almost trained. We're trained into that. It's, hi, how are you? Let's get on with. It's like, it's almost like a filler question. Hi, how are you? You're ex- you're expected. And, and I'm probably guilty of this as well. You say, you know, hi, you okay? How are you? And you expect the response to be, yeah, I'm fine. You, and then you go, yeah, I'm okay. And then you move on to the, to, to whatever it is. That's like the formality that we go through this, this thing of like, this, it's almost like a dance of like, hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. You, yeah, I'm good. And then it's on. It's not, it's very superficial. It's, again, it's very rare that you have the the real kind of sit down conversation. And I, and I think that's, it's probably something that I've learned a lot from doing the podcast. That, you know, me and Matthias, we've had, I, I said this to Mateus the other day, like he's probably the person I speak, I speak to the most of anybody maybe ever. And I mean, like really speak to, obviously, you know, like I've got friends and family that, that I do, but like we've had hours and hours of these podcasts where we just sit and there's no distractions. We're not on our phones. We're not doing anything. And yeah, we have we have guests on as well, but we're locked in to this conversation for an hour and a half. Um, And I wonder how many people listen to this the last time they did that where it was an a conversation where you are stuck and this is what you're doing. And you know, we've been talking now for well, we're probably coming close to an hour and a half. And it's like there's no there's no there's no distractions. It's this conversation between two people. And that just doesn't happen anymore because how often are you out with friends or out with family and the phone comes up? Um, Or you sit down even in a pub and the first thing that happens is the phone goes on the table in front of you. And as soon as it lights up, it's got to check this, got to do this. Whereas with these, these these podcasts, like it doesn't matter what's happening in the world. I'm locked into this.
1: And I think we have a, we have a golden opportunity now, you know, and I think you have uh, your friends, I have uh, my friend now with a recent case. I also have, uh, it's not the first time I'm experiencing friends leaving by their own hand, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking at least we can honor their memory in trying to put a little bit of focus on this, you know. Do, mm-hmm. Are we there for each other? Are we checking in on each other? Do we smile to the people behind the counter in the store? Do we say thank you to the bus driver, you know. All these little things,
0: yeah, and then it's, it's the little things that, that they take nothing to do, but they literally might make that person's day. Like they yeah. may, be, and 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 it's very sad to think of because hopefully, I hope that everybody listening to this podcast has a huge family network, has a huge friend network, and this Christmas they're gonna see all everybody that, that, that they love and have an amazing times. But unfortunately, and it's it's heartbreaking to think of that there will be people that sometimes you interact with on a day where you are the only person that they interact with on that day. And it's a very sad thought. It's, it's heartbreaking. You know, I I've got little I've got tears in my eyes just thinking about it because it is such a sad thing, but it is the truth. So maybe go about your day and interact with people thinking that that maybe you're the only person they're gonna interact with today. So if you can leave a positive stamp on them or a positive interaction then that's gonna pick them up for that day because that's all they've got you may speak to 50 people that day but for them it's like I had this one interaction with this one person in the in the supermarket and he really fucking made my day because they were very nice to me and it's it's not hard to do it's really not
1: no it's not at all um, one good example uh what's his name Robin Williams yeah the comedian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he made millions of people laugh and he, he ended his life by his own hands. Mm-hmm. He made millions of people laugh. I've been accused several times of being shallow because I speak a lot about the light. I do that with Folke. Uh, and I do that also on a you know, private basis. I speak a lot about the light. But the brighter the light, the darker the shadow, yeah? hmm Maybe I do that because I've been places I don't want others to go.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's when I was when I was young, I used to have a very narrow mind about this. I was, you know, I was young. I had a very narrow mind that it was a very selfish kind of thing to happen, and it was, you know, like. Just how how could anybody ever do that? And it's a, and then as you grow older and you soften and you have life experiences, you realize that it's not black and white. It's not that simple. There are a lot of different things that go into it. And uh, you know, I, I'm on the on the end of being kind of left behind by somebody that made this decision. And yeah, it fucking sucks. It apps it sucks because it, it's something that torments me probably every day of thinking of things that I could do differently or decisions I could have made or or could I have done this and and and, and it doesn't just end with me that that web spreads to everybody that these people have interactions with it spreads out to like my friends net my friend network all those people have these little feelings of like could I have done something could I have done this—if I'd have sent a message here, would it have made a difference? So it's a very complex thing where it affects everybody around them. But equally, I live my life by a perspective of you—you're the owner of your own body and yourself, and you have the right to decide whatever you want to do with your body. And I—I I very much believe that. Um, so you also have to have a respect yeah, yeah. for for people who chooses chooses, and it's and you know I I personally would never understand it's not something that I would do, but you also have to respect like this is this is your choice in your life and this is the the path you've decided to go down and it, it's it's heartbreaking for those behind and I I you know I would never want anybody to be in the position of being left behind by somebody the makes his choice but equally there is that 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 kind of uh, perspective that i never had when i was younger of like you know you you have to be free to make your own choices and sometimes people live with you know i i've i've seen it firsthand you, you people live with this torment but i i think it's very easy for for people to Think that it's a, a a one second decision, or it's something that happens like like that. Like something happens, and they and they and people who make this choice just go, no, nope, that's it. I, you know, I'm out of here. And it's not. Yeah. And and living and you know living with somebody that was of that mindset that you know it's, it, this 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 was there in my case for sixteen years under underneath boiling and growing and never quite being handled. And it would disappear for a year, two years, but then it would come back and rear its head and just be kind of simmering beneath the surface. And that's what you don't see in the most part. It's not not a, a quick decision. And I think it's very rarely is something that somebody takes lightly. It's something that usually has been kind of, it's been tormenting. Them for, for decades in some cases, and it's it's heartbreaking. It, it really is heartbreaking. It's hard to understand if you've never been there as well.
1: Yeah. So, but at least then um, we can honor their memory by, you know, trying to be there for the people that are still here. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't always manage. Absolutely not. Um, you know, i I have sides that you don't want to meet, man.
0: I, I absolutely like. You know, it's easy for me to sit here and sit here and preach and say be kind to everyone. But I have times where my the temper gets the better of me. Like especially like if I'm driving and somebody does something and I'm, and I snap back and you know we'll, I'll, I will I'll we'll have an argument and then after I'm just like, why? It's not important. So you know, we're, none of us are perfect, but at least the more we kind of can get that into that mindset of just trying to be kind to each other, then we can take those steps to more often than not, hopefully.
1: Um, I told you I might have a couple of surprises. Are you ready for one of them? Sure. I think this might be, I don't know if I'll manage and bear with me if I don't. Uh, there is a saying that is uh, very known. I think it goes around in different versions uh, around most of the world, and it says uh, something like, "It's not how far you fall; it's how you land." But mm-hmm. ultimately, it's about how we get back up, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how far you fall or how you land. Do you manage to get up? That's the thing, you know. And
0: uh... yes, yeah, lie. I mean. Life is a series of getting back up. And and again, going back, going back to social media, it's easy to look at people and go, well, their life's so easy. But most people are suffering from the the same things. Life is just a series of getting knocked the fuck down. And then you have to just find some way to get back up. And sometimes it's hard, but you have to just do it. You have to just get back up and keep going. And you're going to get knocked down again, but you just have to keep going.
1: Excuse me, people. <laughs> but,
0: uh, can I sing a song? Please do. Please, pl- please let's. Okay, let's do this. Please, please sing us a song, and then we will wrap up the main show, and then we will jump into the Q and A after, and let the patrons ask some questions. Um, Again, I, I, if,
1: impatient now. I'm not done, man.
0: <laughs> oh, you, no! But I think I think it would be a nice note to end on the end on the song, and then we can we can carry this on in the on the Q and A and the Patreon little episode. Again, maybe it teases some people over to come join us on Patreon and uh, listen to the <laughs> listen to the extra bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I'll because uh, I said I might have a couple of surprises, and I do. So okay. Uh,
0: you got a couple of songs or
1: yep I do you want to
0: do you want to make how many have you got two? two? okay do you want to do them both i can
1: if people want yeah.
0: absolutely i do i do yeah do, okay. do both do both and then we'll we'll wrap up this and then we'll we'll jump on there and uh we'll we'll answer some questions i'm sure there's there's plenty buzzing around
1: yeah, but then the question is, I tried to prepare, but I don't know. Can you read this?
0: Uh, I can, but we will, I mean, we can put the lyrics in the, in the show notes as well. Or I'll make a, a separate folder for them and let people get those lyrics.
1: Yeah, so let the patrons please be with us. Should I try and hold the note there so you can see the English translation while I sing, or should I just sing it in Norwegian? It makes more sense if you know what I'm singing about.
0: Um if you I mean if you can hold it. Well I will be, try, okay. No, no, actually, I think no, I think you should just sing it. I yep. think I think um tone and I think the message always comes through with, with this kind of thing. And then we'll we'll put the lyrics up and people can then re-listen and, and follow along with the lyrics maybe after. But I think in the moment, let's let's yep. just get lost in the moment.
1: Yeah, uh, and these are from after the new album. So uh, I I have demos. This first one, is the demo is quite good. Uh, but uh, yeah, Alyssa's got a point when, uh, apart from the patrons, they will see it when they watch the podcast, yeah, if yeah. you put it up there. But the first one, it's about getting back up, I guess. It's called The World of Ruins in English. Mm-hmm. Eh, uh, might not sound pretty but uh, that's not the point either right now. I think the message is jag dyrkar minne nederlag är mina minne sorg helt är förstå att vägen skapes mens vi går det finns ingen tap allt kan bli til en ny start när nätter som mörkes kommer morran ganska snart igen Verden av ruiner kan vi bygge oss et slott Ved å legge stein på steina Det som har forgått Ah, en verden i ruiner kan vi skape noe flott Vi kan bygge noe där der gamle har stått Åh
2: ah, 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 Oh, oh! åh, åh, åh. Jeg
1: trengte et fall for å reise meg för att byna och gå jag fyllde mig knust satte beeten samman bilden er nytt i den samme i en värld av ruiner kan vi bygga oss ett slott det och lägg stein på steina de som har förgått ah, en värld i ruiner kan vi skapa noe flott we come big and no knit that We big and no knit that Wow. Uh, you, work,
2: I, you, know?
0: you do say so you get a you just get a feeling from. From it, you, I don't, you know, I don't understand the words, but it's in a, just
1: in a world, there's, of there's, ruins. there's
0: a reason why I'm wiping my eyes. Put it that way
1: in a world of ruins, we can build ourselves a castle by laying stone upon stone, of what has passed, or a world of ruins, we can create something great, we can build something new where the old ones stood. That's the mm-hmm. chorus,
0: and it's, uh, it's so important to remember the... No matter no matter what the hard times are, you can you can build something from it. There's a teachable moment in in the ruins. There's a teachable moment that you can then use to fertilize new ground and build something beautiful from that. Um, and then in in the darkness, whilst you're in there, it's so difficult to see it and find it, but. It is there sometimes it takes months, two months, six months a year of like stepping back and clarity to then see what they are, but there is always something you can learn and take to kind of take forward and uh and keep going,
2: yeah, so
1: um. I thought because I yesterday when I was you know trying to prepare for this so I, I got this well maybe I should maybe I should sing those two songs and then I thought oh maybe I need to find some kind of a context to put it in and all this and then I was walking to the shop as I told you earlier today and for the patrons that's eight kilometers one way so you get to think a little bit yeah because you walk mm-hmm. there and then you walk back um, and uh, then I thought well maybe I should just accept that. Maybe somebody needs to hear this. Maybe I should maybe I shouldn't, they do. Maybe I shouldn't imp- try to context it in any ways.
0: It's uh, it's an important conversation to have. Um and again, you don't we we didn't speak about this before, and you don't know that much about my personal circumstances and the the, the kind of similarities are there very much and it is something I feel very passionate about and 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 try to have these very open conversations because not everybody does not everybody's willing to have these deep conversations because they shy away or they're worried about getting upset or having the the, the tough the tough talks. Um so it's important it's so important to have these and, and to let people know that you're not alone in how you feel and there are that's the fucking this millions of people who feel just like you.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. And the next one is uh, I, I haven't even, I don't know if it's even done. I don't know. Maybe it's just stupid. I asked, uh, Avdan needed to hear it. Thank you, Avdan. I hope it does you well. <laughs> uh, yeah, this next one uh, I asked my brother, Darren. From over in America I sent him an English verse know it and I asked him can I do this and he said he said it's important that I do it so I hope I have the guts to do it and maybe I'll get maybe you guys tell me something about it also uh, I thought when these words came I thought it's about the pitfalls, so uh, walking the spiritual path and getting high on yourself and blah 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 but maybe it's it's just about, you know, I'm there too sometimes, you know. I've been there, and you've been there. We've all been there. We're all there sometimes, you know. Uh, it's called, uh, I mirror in the water uh, in English. Maybe it's more correct to say I reflect in the water, but I like I mirror in the water. Yeah, I spy mm-hmm. my one.
0: Mirror works uh, fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. So uh, let's try. This is going to be a world premiere. Then I've never seen the <laughs> whole song for anybody. So wow. uh, we'll see if I manage. Jai, speil my van, noen ganger met smil, andere ganger are mer met wil, nor mine tanker amurke, soma winter, not daare vanske leo sto. Selv når jeg gir mitt beste, kan jeg feile med glans, men det er deler av livets dans. Alle valg jeg har gjort, de har ført meg hit til denne plassen på livets vei. Jeg er ikke bedre enn andre, Ikke där grann men jag trude nog det en gång ja jag trude nog det en gång om jag skulle mig få ett sällskap av alla fejla fra igår när jag går i dybden, ser ut som Svåra år och sår är er regnskapets time kan jag ligga död i jag ska göra upp så gott jag kan. Måne storm på havet är er rolig på och jag jobbar för att leva som. Ja jag bör förro leva så. Ja jag er kedre än andre, ikke det grann men jag trudde nok det en gång. Ja jag er kedre än andre, ikke det grann men jag tror jag trudde det en gång. Ja jag ser jag trudde det en gång. Yay, Seria, through the day and gung. Yay, Seria, through the day and gung. Yay, Seria, through the day and
2: gung. Wow.
0: Thank you so much.
2: Welcome. <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening.
0: Of course absolutely beautiful
1: the lyrics, uh, oh. it's a very quick translation but the chorus is I'm not better than others, not that all, but I probably once thought so
0: mm-hmm. we've all probably been there and we've all we've all been humbled by something something comes along and knocks us off our, off our perch um, and sometimes we all need it Right, no, with the feedback, people. It takes a sometimes it just takes a reset. Sometimes we all need a reset just to, to look back and, and kind of evaluate our paths and how we act and how we behave and how we treat others. Sometimes we need that reset to kind of go, you know what, I need to, to be a little bit better. Exactly,
1: a little bit more kindness, you know
0: can never be too much kindness
1: no nope. wow. I, I wasn't kidding no who wasn't.
0: Was, wasn't kidding about going deep no okay let's let's wrap up the main show and let's let's do do a q and a where we can jump in with the the patrons and and answer some questions cuz i'm sure they're going to have a bunch for us after this, yeah. mar- this marathon of an episode, um, and
1: then people, please, if some of you bother listening to the album and preferably reading also the lyrics, I would be very grateful for that.
2: Yeah,
0: please, <laughs> no. it
1: also brings bread on the table.
0: <laughs> please, please do, um, please go buy the album, buy everything that, that Benny creates. Um, Where's where's the best place to buy it for you? Um obviously I, I assume streaming it helps but I'm I bet buying a physical copy helps even more.
1: Yeah then it's the Grimfrost website is the only place you get the physical CD I think and then uh, on Bandcamp is also a good option. Also uh, this I'd like to say before we close it. Yeah, on the, I managed to get the lyrics printed in four languages. I sing them in Norwegian. You get them in English, uh, German, and Spanish, mm-hmm. and uh, that's in the CD and on Bandcamp. You don't get that on the other streaming things.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, can, d- social media. Where can people follow you? Uh, it's
1: Facebook. I also made this Instagram thing. I'm not good at using it, but I posted about this. <laughs> yes? I shared your post yesterday or something. <laughs> uh,
0: <there. laughs> you did. Um is that just Benny Brafton? Uh yeah, and
1: am Folke Nora. And on Instagram it's uh, I think you find it on Folke for. Look okay. at my shirt people if it's difficult. I
0: yes. Know. I was gonna say, can you can you um slow can you read down? It there? I can, yes. And we, again, we'll put it in the, in the show notes. But are you able to just say the name slower? Because Norwegians yeah. speak so fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: I, I can say it the way I say it, and then I can say it in this uh, Danish Norwegian, this bokmål after. Folke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Folket borta for That's almost a bokmål, actually. Folke borta for The people beyond the north wind. Wow.
0: Um. Perfect. I, again, if you if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five star rating, and a positive review wherever you get your podcast. Obviously, you can follow Mateus over at, at Mateus Nordvig. You can follow me, Daniel and Scott Iron One on Instagram. Uh, obviously, please support Horns of Odin. It's just at Horns of Odin, um, and you can find everything we do with the podcast, just Nordic Mythology Podcast. Whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere, it's, it's the same. Kind of name you're gonna find it. Uh Our Facebook group is growing. I think we just hit three thousand members oh. on there. Um So yeah, jump jump on there. There's a bunch of different memes and that kind of thing. It's it's a lot of fun. Is the is the Facebook group? To be honest. So yeah, if you can, and then again, obviously the best way, to, or, the, or the the way that helps us the most is Patreon. Uh, if you can support on there, like I said, the, the lowest level is for. $4 part a month is like buying me a taste of coffee a month cheaper than that. And you're going to get these extra bonus Q&A episodes with the guests where you're going to get the chance to either ask your own question or listen to the the other patrons asking their questions, um, which will always be a lot of fun. So, so, yeah, Benny, let's let's wrap this up and go and answer some questions.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, Thank you.